This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia. And, you know, within that strategy meeting, um, you know, Dragon made us feel comfortable um, and really try to understand um, what is it that we're trying to achieve. Uh, and I guess um, the reason, um, well, the question that Dragon was asking was the why. What is that you want out of it? Why, why are you looking into property um, and what are your goals? This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Alex Jeladev, the hard worker with a heart of gold who's setting off on his investment journey. He shares how he got to where he is today both professionally and in property and what keeps him so humble and grounded. Plus, he reintroduces us to the tall man who appeared to save him when he needed it most. Jeladev is the first to admit his surname often throws people for a loop but luckily, he's just the type to roll with it and laugh it off. As a general manager at Catholic Care, his days are varied and busy with a lot going on, which is just the way he likes it. He's dedicated to his rewarding role and recognizes the privileges he has that simply aren't offered to some. At the moment, we support you know quite vulnerable people with disability um, through our NDIS-funded um, disability support. So I manage a team um, of staff that deliver um, day services and day programs, individualized programs, um, weekend supports, drop-in home supports. Um, we also provide support independent living services, so full 24-hour all-of-life care um, for people with disability in a group home setting, um, support coordination uh, within the NDIS space. And also, from a senior's perspective, we deliver Commonwealth Home Support Program, so known as CHSP, um, over the Central Coast um, and Northern Sydney areas. So that's a bit of a snapshot in terms of what Catholic Care does in that space. So I, I generally manage, um, you know, within that particular division. Yeah, relatively new. Um, so March of this year, um, I, I moved across um, to Catholic Care. Uh, prior to that, I was working um, with another disability um, service provider um, called Northcott. Um, yep. So I, I was working there um, as an acting senior operations manager um, and service manager as well. So both, um, you know, in the disability sector. He was born and raised in Western Sydney, growing up in the suburb of Abbotsbury. His childhood was a time full of outdoorsy adventures, but like any good child, it involved his fair share of computer games as well. I grew up and went to Fairfield Patrician Brothers High School in Fairfield. Um, got my secondary um, education there. Um, and after that, I went to university at Western Sydney University um, and did a, a Bachelor of Social Work degree. I've grown up in a family of five kids, grew up in a big family, um, you know, have really, really lucky to have really loving um, parents. Um, so they've always gone and, and, you know, gone above and beyond to make sure that we kids had, you know, an awesome life, you know, awesome start to, to, to our life here in Australia. So um, always a busy household, we were very busy um, playing a lot of sports. Um, my, my dad, you know, was very active when he was growing up, so uh, very much involved um, in rugby league. Um, 
So I played a lot of um, uh, football through primary school and through high school, um, played a lot of representative football um, for um, Patrician Brothers College Fairfield as well, um, played for lower grades in Parramatta Eagles as well. Um, yeah. Um, so very, very active, always going to, to a training session somewhere, <laughs> um, always kept busy. I think my dad did it on purpose to get us out of trouble. <laughs> so always, always, oh, yes, always very busy um, as kids. We'll either, you know, um, popping the, the boat on, on the tow ball and going down to, to the river, going uh, water skiing. Um, so a very, very active um, family, um, you know, very outdoors, um, love getting out on boats, fishing, camping, hiking. Um, so very, very active um, childhood. We had our land parties, don't worry. <laughs> we used to pay a few, bit of cod, bit of this, bit of that. So it was all mixed in there. <laughs> so very outdoors, but we also like the technology side of things as well. He played football all the way through high school and planned to continue when he started university. However, a couple of injuries stood in his way. That then created, yeah, a fork in the road, you know, for me, whether I decided to go down the, the path of sport or go down the path, you know, of a profession. And, you know, that's where I started looking around. Um, and, and social work, you know, was a really good fit uh, for, for myself, um, my upbringing, um, you know, and, and my values as well. So that's kind of why I went down the track, um, you know, of social work. While many reached a crossroads when they approached the end of high school, Gelative wasn't one of them. For some reason, look, I, I never had the desire to go and travel abroad. That never kind of um, was, a, was a major interest uh, for me. Uh, for me, what I really wanted to do um, with the support of my parents was to get a good education. So after high school, um, I didn't, you know, elect to go and take a, you know, a year break or a year off. Um, so we went down the track of looking at what options kind of suited my personality, um, what tr what traits and, you know, general care factor really in life. So um, that kind of guided me to, to go down the track um, of giving social work a go. And, you know, after the first couple of semesters, I was hooked. He gives us an overview of the area of social work he's in and why it appeals to him the way it does. Social work is pretty much uh, a bridge between, you know, allied health therapy supports, um, psychology, and it really takes a higher, higher level view in terms of a person's situation. So it depends what kind of context you're looking at. If you're looking from a health perspective, working within a hospital setting um, or, uh, you know, a community um, social work um, perspective as well. But it really takes, you know, looks at a global view of what's happening for a person, you know, in, in a particular situation. It doesn't... Um, focus on one particular impact or one particular thing happening in a person's life. It looks at the holistic, um, you know, process of a person's situation. So um, it might look at the person maybe discharged at a hospital, for example, um, it'll look at the whole social um, aspect of that person's life, look at their support networks, um, it'll look and all that, all that ties into all the allied health supports and other professions. So it helps kind of bridge a lot of the gaps um, that you find in a lot of other sectors. That's the beauty about social work is that you can actually look at a holistic point of view because I know you can easily just go to like maybe a physio or psychologist and individual services but the problem is is that if it doesn't fit into the overall big picture things then it can get a little bit skewed and yeah, and it's really a linking role. So you'll find a lot of the time in, you know, it, whether in a hospital discharge process or, you know, community social work, they're usually the ones that head up those meetings. They're usually the, the ones that, you know, take charge and take lead and there's a linking role between the different professions um, and looks at the person holistically. 
When most people say they went a bit silly after high school, it's usually a less than family-friendly story involving alcohol. But his university silliness was a very different brand. I was a bit silly, so I, I pretty much worked full-time <laughs> while I was doing full-time university. <laughs> look, I loved it. And look, I was working um, casual um, and part-time um, for a disability service as well, um, where I was working you know, shift work, um, within the disability sector uh, whilst I was studying at university as well. So it gave me a real life um, feel and example in terms of what, what, what's realistically out there. Um, and um, it, it made my, it just really lit my fire even more working with, you know, people with disability, looking at, you know, really vulnerable communities um, as well. So it really, really did inspire me on to um, give it all, my all um, in university. So uh, I'll probably come hindsight i probably would have gone part-time <laughs> take it a little bit easier on myself <laughs> um but i guess that's all part of the journey it was a really good real world test he did some placements in hospitals which gave him a different perspective and ultimately helped him choose the community path he's now on i have the utmost respect for for social workers um in in the health field um in hospitals um but i quickly found you know that that wasn't for me it was very um i found it very transactional um and episodic where in the field that i'm in now in disabilities um and in, in seniors um I have that continuity of support and continuity of care, you know, and connection with with our families and, and our customers as well. So, um, when when someone's discharged from from hospital, um, it was really hard to to know, or you don't know what the outcome was. You, there's a lot of unknown. Whereas in this space, working, you know, in with a provider that um, has you know supports people with all of life care or more ongoing supports, there's that continuity, and that's where I. You know, I gravitated towards that model of support versus being in mainstream um, social work um, because I had that daily connection. May not be with every particular client or family every single day, um, but over a period of time, you maintain those connections, maintain those relationships. You can see progress. Um, you can see when goals are achieved, outcomes are achieved. Um, so it, it's more rewarding, I find, um, to have that ongoing continuity and connection rather than, yeah, um, going through hospital. It is a very busy environment. There's a lot of pressures going on. So I find it more rewarding have that continuity of contact. He started working in the disability sector as a casual before he did his placement and essentially just wanted to give it a go. In a few of my uni courses, um, um, uni units, um, there was discussions around, you know, people with disability, around the upcoming NDIS, um, you know, uh, movement away from your general block funding model that was, you know, there at the time. And I was intrigued. I was like, mm, okay, interesting. So I wanted to, to learn more about that. And that's why I jumped in um, to my first casual role uh, and started working, you know, with that, with that vulnerable community. Coming up after the break, Jelladev gets into the big pluses behind property investment. The option where we got real growth, real opportunity and really to just get back to what we love rather than focusing on all the bills, you know, all the funds coming out, cost of living has gone through the roof. So we delve into property and the big question on many young couples' minds. So we were obviously in a, in a rental um, situation. We just got married um, and wanted to make a decision, you know, do we continue renting ourselves or do we go and, and buy a property? So he details the moment he met the man who would change it all for the better. It was very well um, advertised, so it was very sleek, uh, very clean. I was like, okay, well, this is worth a look. And that's next. I'm Torrin Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Story. 
you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Jelidev started working in the disability sector in 2008. His innate talent in the field allowed him to progress quickly in his roles. In the first role I started in was um, supporting people with dual diagnosis. So it was working with people with both a physical and psychosocial disability. So you might may have someone with a physical disability where they might have been really struggling with, with their mental health. So you know that is a challenge in itself. Um, so so I worked in that environment for about oh, four years, five years. Um, and then um, after that period, then I started uh, NDIS wasn't wasn't far away um, and wanted to know more about the NDIS. So I, I started to, to look for other roles um, that might allow me to go into uh, a non-gov role. So initially I was in a government role. Um, then I moved to an organisation called Cerebral Palsy Alliance. Um, and, you know, they're based on, on the northern beaches. Um, and they were also a fantastic, you know, organization to work for. Um, they had fantastic training, um, really, really um, fantastic calls that they were working for. So that gave me an, an opportunity to look um, and learn more about physical disability rather than um, the mental health side of things. So, you know, we supported um, people um, predominantly with um, cerebral palsy. Um, and um, you know a lot of a lot of those customers you know were either semi or non-ambulant so it was a very very different you know cohort you know of, of clients to to start to learn to get to know their needs um, so that in itself um, gave me completely different appreciation you know to to people you know with disability whereas previously i'd support you know clients that are very ambulant so able to to mobilize independently able to communicate you know reasonably well where you know on the other hand now you're working with a cohort that's quite vulnerable um that's non-ambulant um you know and and you know oftentimes they're not you know non-verbal so you know i really that really helped me, you know, with a lot of humility um, and really kind of helped me kind of focus on, you know, all, all the positive things that were happening in my life that I took for granted. This helped to ground him and solidify his passion and desire to support people with disability. And also the teams of, of, of staff and managers, you know, um, providing supports. Um, I think um, it really did help my, my career um, in understanding, you know, some of the challenges that, that staff, you know, do go and, um, you know, are forced with from day to day in, in the best of times. Um, funding, although... Um, the NDIS funding has been an amazing, you know, step in the right direction. There's still an ongoing battle, unfortunately, for for a lot of clients um, and families that are still, unfortunately, fighting, you know, to get the right level of funding. So, being there and understanding the process, being there for, you know, their their plan reviews, um, the preparation just for a plan review is humongous in terms of, you know, getting all the 
the participants, um, supportive documentation, um, you know, OT reports, speech reports, you know, physio reports. There's a lot that goes into, you know, putting together, you know, funding for, for a participant for a financial year or wherever the, the, the plan length may be. So that's where I've got a lot of that exposure in preparing um, those annual plan reviews, you know, for, for clients and w- with the families as well. So that, that was a really big eye-opener um, to into the NDIS. So I definitely, um, you know, had a great appreciation um, uh, for, for people with disability and, and their families as well. Um, so that, that really kind of opened me up um, to the NDIS and, you know, a different, a different mindset um, for, for the world of disabilities uh, for the better. Um, so that was kind of my journey um, into, into Cerebral Palsy Alliance. That's where I've really got my, um, you know, opportunities for leadership, which was, I'm very, very grateful for. Um, had some, some really good leaders that are still, you know, um, at Cerebral Palsy Alliance and still doing um, fantastic work there. Um, so I can't praise them enough. Jelidev and his wife Kat always knew they wanted to do something within property. They just weren't sure what would suit them best. However, the end goal has always been crystal clear. The key word that we're looking for is financial freedom. Yeah, that's that's what we're really after. Um, and we wanted to make sure that, you know, we could continue working in the field that we love, right, and, and focus all of our attention on the areas that we love rather than um, paying a mortgage. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, and, and we saw, um, you know, getting into property investing as one of the main solutions for us um, that fit our profile and fit our, you know, exposure to risk. Um, and we felt that that is, you know, in our perspective, the safest option, um, the option where we've got real growth, real opportunity, and really to, to just get back to what we love rather than focusing on all the bills, you know, all the funds coming out, cost of living has gone through the roof. So we wanted to kind of safeguard ourselves. That, that's kind of how we started to, to think that way. I've been thinking that way for a couple of years now. While they've purchased the principal place of residence, they had always been on the sidelines watching friends and family invest until now. In terms of our place of residence, we, we ended up moving up from uh, from the Shire, um, which my wife would not forgive me for. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cat will giggle after this, but um, yeah, so so we're always very close to the water. <laughs> we're down at Sylvania Water, so I've dragged her all the way up to Gosford, as you would say, um, and purely for affordability. Um, so we were obviously in a, in a rental um situation we just got married um, and wanted to make a decision you know do we continue renting ourselves or do we go and, and buy a property so we both agreed um, that we'll go and, and buy our own property um, and we started looking around it probably took us about six months um, and look we we'll, Definitely me. I was definitely a novice in looking for, for property. I wasn't really aware of what to look out for, you know, um, but we landed into a property um, here in Carrion on, on the Central Coast. Good decision. <laughs> Good decision. <laughs> Good decision. Um, and um, so, we, so we moved up here in what, 20, 2017? No, 20, 2016, something like that. Um, and um, so more recently, we, we ended up going to, we wanted more information uh, about investing in property. So we went to a recent um, property investment um, expo um, in Sydney. I think it was the International Convention Centre. Um, I think it was early this year. I think we walked in there like goldfish. We didn't know what we we're looking for. So we'll walk in and to, to admit, we we're so overwhelmed. We we're really, really overwhelmed. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there. 
there's a lot of information out there, and um, and I put again, I put myself in the shoes of a person with disability. Um, that there are other expos that do occur um, a couple of times a year, both at ICC in Homebush in other areas, and I, I could really try to understand how that felt. I was so overwhelmed with so many exhibitors, so much information, you know, uh, being thrown at you. Um, and I, I just said to Kat, I said, oh, look, this is just so, too much. So we, we had to pay ourselves and, and walk through and, yeah, we'll take a brochure here. Yeah, okay, right, right. Very transactional. <laughs> um, and um, and then um, we, we came across a uh, a very tall character standing in a stall. He's quite tall, yes. And um, we, we introduced myself, and um, Dragon introduced himself, and I was like, oh, "Okay, so we and we got talking." And um, you know, Dragon was really, um, we just felt he was really approachable. Um, he had a genuine conversation with us around what we wanted, um, and you know that real that conversation out of the whole day really helped us. Um, get a bit of an understanding into property investment um, and, you know, some some reassurance that we're, we're heading in the right direction. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Dragon um, was, was at his stall, um, um, a buyer's agency Australia. Um, you know, it was very well um, advertised, so it was very sleek, uh, very clean. I was like, okay, well, this is worth a look, you know. Um, yeah, and then after we, we got talking, um, Dragon gave us th- that assurance and that got us to the point where, you know, we were happy to go for a follow-up um, strategy uh, meeting with Dragon. Um, and, you know, within that strategy meeting, um, you know, Dragon made us feel comfortable um, and really try to understand um, what is it that we we're trying to achieve. Uh, and I guess um, the reason, um, well, the question that Dragon was asking was the why. What is that you want out of it? Why Why are you looking into property um, and what are your goals? So we're able to have a real candid conversation um, and we had, you know, laid out our goals, you know, to Dragon in terms of, you know, that financial freedom, um, you know, what passive income, you know, would we like to see, you know, over a period of time um, and being realistic about things as well. So. You know, Dragon was really, really good, um, you know, around listening, setting those goals out and really just clarifying, you know, and and, and listening, reflective listening, <laughs> like we like to say, um, to, to really both understand um, what our goals are, to really make sure um, that both parties are really compatible, you know, because not everyone's going to fit with everyone. Everyone's got different personalities, different different needs, different goals. And I guess that's something I really do respect, you know, for, for Dragon is, is is taking the time to go um, and, and make that assessment to make sure we both, we both um, are compatible and, and we both meet each other's um, needs. And, um, you know, it was really, really clear um, from the onset in terms of our goals. And from there... Um, we start on the journey, and, and as as Dragon had said, your first property is always going to be your most challenging <laughs> property. Um, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, but look, with with Dragon's guidance, um, we're able to be steered in the right direction um, in terms of being um, linked up to you know really good quality brokers. Um, you know, we have an existing accountant, so from that perspective, that was all good. We've got a trusted accountant, so that that makes a world of difference. Um, but from the other side of things, yeah, he did really help um, link up to to really key key people that you need to have. Um, one of which is you know obviously your broker, um, and um, from there, 
we looked at a property um, which we find just settled on recently um, in southeast Queensland. When it comes to their goals, the gelatives see themselves as a little ambitious, whereas others may see them as a young couple with reasonable goals and an achievable dream. One of our first um, priorities and goals was to upgrade the family home. So, um, being in Gosford, we love being on the waterside. Um, so, our one of our goals is to um, move to a waterfront property. That's that's one of our ultimate goals, um, and obviously that's not a not a cheap affair. <laughs> um, so that was one of our primary goals in terms of the the waterfront property that we looked at. We looked at about between five to seven years. Um, that that's the time frame um, we set for that. Thinking, look, it'll be realistic enough to potentially look at that. Alex Jelladev's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. We dive into first investment property jitters. The experience was, um, I'd say, honestly, really, really positive. Um, obviously, coming into our first purchase, we were so anxious. <laughs> we were so nervous. We're about, we're about to spend a, quite a, a substantial amount of money. How being pointed in the right direction and given options to consider opened his eyes. And at the end of the day, we've made the decision, but it's, it really, really helped us and opened our eyes up. He reveals how much he spent on his first investment property and his expected equity uplift. I guess the bonus to that is, you know, using Buyers Agency Australia and using Dragon, we're able to get a really good deal. And we got, you know, we got well below the market value as well. Um, and that's something that gave us the edge. And that's next time on Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call.